Conference of Champions rolls on. No truck stops here. We are the Pac-12. We are the best of the best. Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. I'm Carlos. Here with me is Avery. Hi. And Greg. What's up? No Matthew Bertson. He's not feeling very well. Anyway, as always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Truck Stops Pod, and feel free to email us at No Truck Stops Podcast at gmail.com. This is our basketball recapping the week in Pac-12 hoops, talking about who's up, who's down, and everything in between. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we'll talk uh, a bit about the bottom the fourth, the bottom three fourths of the Pac-12. We'll talk about Stanford's horrific, uh, horrific game against Cal. We'll talk about paths to the NCAA tournament. Do a little bit of Dad's discourse, even though Matthew Bertson is not here. Oh, and uh, but uh, let's start with as we normally do, peak of the pack. And now the peak of the pack. <laughs> We're going to do things a little bit differently because of the way the Pac-12 has shaken out. I think we can say, uh, mostly, Oregon is kind of in the way here. But pretty clearly, there are three genuine locked-in tournament teams at this point. Arizona, UCLA, and USC. Oregon still has an outside shot uh, per Joe Lenardi, but that light is kind of dimming more and Don't more with Colorado. every passing weekend. and. And now Colorado, which <laughs> is they insane. they lost to Arizona State, didn't they? Yeah, they uh, did. And they lost by like 17. Well, when you beat <laughs> the number two team disaster. in the country, <laughs> when you beat the number two team in the country, you're going you're gonna to put yourself in that conversation. Um, anyway, so at least we wanted to just talk about, let's just first talk about the top three tournament locks uh, and, and how they looked over the past weekend. Uh, and, and frankly, if you were watching these games, all three of them looked kind of poopy. Uh, they looked like shit. Let's start with USC. USC was the only top three Pac-12 team to go undefeated over the weekend. They escaped Corvallis with an overtime win against Oregon State, grasping victory from the clutches of Oregon State point guard Deshaun Davis, uh, who finished with 31 points off 24 shots. Uh, an insane game that USC somehow managed to win. And then the Trojans went on to Eugene and escaped there with the win, 70-69, to after some much-needed late-game heroic from Drew Peterson. Really had no business winning that game uh, and came up uh, with it anyway. Arizona went to the Mountain Schools and split that trip, beating the shit out of Utah in Salt Lake City, but then losing to Colorado in they Boulder. They did not beat the shit out of Utah. They won by, like, 20 points. Oh, I was, I, my bad. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Blaming this on a lack of sleep. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, but then Arizona went on to lose to Colorado in Boulder, 79 to 63. That's their fifth straight loss in Boulder. And Arizona has now gone, uh, I'm doing the math here, seven years without a win in Colorado. Since February 2015, that's when they last beat Colorado um, in Boulder. And lastly, UCLA lost to Oregon on Thursday night, 63-58, to extending Mick Cronin's insane losing streak to Dana Altman uh, to five games now in a row that he's lost. He's 0-5 against the Ducks since he's been coach at UCLA. They followed that up by taking out all, all of their frustration on the poor, tired Oregon State Beavlet, beating the absolute shit out of them, 94-55. to 
Uh, so a crazy, this is a crazy weekend, apparently in college basketball nationally, the truck stops apparently also had a tough week. Um, but these three had a brutal weekend. So of the three, who do you think had the worst weekend? Grapes, let's start with you. Okay. So I'm actually going to say USC had the worst weekend here and I'll explain why. Um, Arizona and UCLA were met with some serious Pac-12 voodoo. Like they did the things that they were expected to do based off of the streaks, right? Mm, like, Arizona point. hasn't beat Colorado at Colorado since 2015. I We should have wrote that off as a loss. That's I didn't true. know I about would, yeah. that streak. Neither like, did I. That, yeah. We knew that was good. That, should have known. That was obvious. Yeah. That was coming from a mile away. Colorado has a weird home court advantage with stuff like that. Don't they have a few? Like, there was the Oregon against... streak that got broken. Uh, oh, true. Yeah. That was what I was thinking of. So, honestly, Arizona, I'm not even that concerned. Like, they did what they were supposed to do, lose um, at Colorado. And then UCLA, Dana Ullman owns Mick Cronin. Like, we, we've been new. This, there's three things we know about this conference. Is that every year there should be eight tournament teams, thanks Bill Walton. And then Mick Cronin is owned by Dana Ullman and Andy Enfield. So, them losing to Oregon also isn't that big of a deal in my opinion because the voodoo is there like they beat the shit out of oregon state if they had had any closer a game with oregon state i might be concerned but beating them by nearly 40 points i think they're gonna be okay but usc looked really it was concerning watching them play against oregon state oregon state did have a really impressive shooting night but anytime oregon state looks like a competent team against you this season i think that's very embarrassing um they're very lucky they won that game like usc remains the luckiest school in this conference and i fucking hate them so much (laughs) and then they should have lost to oregon in eugene like i watching that game i was just shocked by how everything seemed to manage to fall usc's way late to make them win so i would say that usc had the worst weekend despite being the only top three team that won both games. It was concerning. Yeah, I they get looked that. they looked at the worst. I think across those two, Greg, were you had, do you have anything? Yeah, I think USC? they looked the worst. I was gonna say though, for me, UCLA had the worst weekend because I think theirs had the most implications going forward. Like I think that loss will hurt them more than a bad performance against Oregon State or uh, yeah or Arizona's cool. losing to Colorado because like it. Arizona lost, and they'll still be a one seed probably, uh, or maybe a two seed. But like, it comes to pretty much the same thing. Whereas UCLA, I think it could really, it could make their path appreciably harder in in March. So I think their weekend was worse simply because of that. Although I do agree, it is way more embarrassing to uh, go to overtime with Oregon State than it is to lose to Oregon. And it and- just kills my confidence in usc that i finally started getting like last week i was like oh my gosh usc is actually playing consistent and then they do this this week i'm like i do not i honestly would not be shocked if this team lost their first game in the conference tournament not that the conference tournament matters a ton because they're going to the ncaa tournament but i just don't see them going far because they look so they got inconsistent. issues yeah yeah, just just to stick on USC, and then we can talk about UCLA and and Greg's thoughts on there for a second. Um, like USC is just a hard team to trust because of the way that they're competitive with 
they let everyone be competitive. Um, they don't blow out a ton of teams. And and look, beating Oregon in Eugene is genuinely an impressive thing. It was an ugly ass game up until the last the last four minutes of the USC Oregon game was awesome. If you didn't get to watch that, you missed out because that was just a fun back and forth affair. It got really chaotic. Um, a lot of big shots from everyone involved there. Um, so I, I give them kudos. I think that's a good win. Um, that's certainly, I think that's definitively a quad one win. Um, and it really felt like uh, they shouldn't have been in that position given how poorly they played against Oregon State. The The Oregon State game was just, it was, part of it was great shooting from Oregon State. They went nine for 18 from three. That's 50%, uh, 56% from the field generally. Um, and USC had a pretty horrific shooting night. They only went 32% from three, shot 45% from the field. Um, but in, you know, I think def- a lot of their issues were exploited defensively in that Oregon State game. Deshaun Davis was cooking them. It was insane to watch this kid from Oregon State just absolutely destroy anything that USC kind of threw at him. Even even they switched on to Drew Peterson and he helped a little bit um, guarding Deshaun Davis. But um, it was a concerning game from them defensively. Now, like, are they just sleepwalking? Maybe. I, like, it's entirely possible that USC sleepwalks. But this is why, and USC fans get really mad when you bring up the analytics. Um, they hate that they're <laughs> ranked pretty poorly by the analytics and by the computers. And it's because they have these like double overtime games against Oregon State, uh, because they're barely beating teams like Cal and they're scraping by Arizona State and getting you know these like seven point wins against Pacific late in the season. It's like not impressive, but I will say that I'm. I think I feel highly more highly about USC than I've than I've had before. I now genuinely believe instead of this feeling concerning, I now genuinely believe they're sleepwalking in a lot of these games. Slightly concerning because if you sl- if you get into a situation where you're in the round of 32 or something or even in the first round and you've got a team that you're clearly much better than, USC sleepwalking, like that's not it might not fly and they might be in for an early exit. But at least that stuff is correctable by effort because they played really well against Oregon the following day. So yeah, I, I you know I'm not I'm not super concerned about USC. I guess mm-hmm. I think something that'll help them is they can defend anybody with just the athletes they have. Yeah. So when they get except to Deshaun Davis, yeah, yeah except for Deshaun Davis that <laughs> yeah. one game, yeah. But they won't be playing Deshaun Davis in the NCAA tournament <laughs> unless Oregon State just yeah. to do it again. But, uh, Probably not. Let's count them out. They're, yeah, yeah. They're uh, I, USC's athletes make me reasonably confident that they can give anyone a game, but at the same time, their tendency to, to sleepwalk sometimes, even in a tournament, I could just see it happening with the lack of faith I have in their in their offensive talent, I should say, I could definitely see them losing a first round matchup because of that. Yeah, I mean, I think all these this weekend has really shown me that the most important player for USC to get going is going to be Drew Peterson. Isaiah Mobley is going to give you; mm-hmm. he's their best player. He's going to give you what he gives you every single week. He's going to be an awesome defender. He's going to be able to make plays for USC and be maybe their primary playmaker. Um, but Drew Peterson is going to be the 
that he's going to determine what their floor and their ceiling is uh, defensively and offensively. He can, he has the length and the athleticism to guard anyone from like one through four. And he's also long enough and, and skilled enough to get the shots that he wants and get good looks doing it. So when, um, he's, he good, a, when yeah. he's good, USC is good. Yeah. And he I had really a great thought it was going to be Oregon. Boogie Ellis. Yeah, I really think yeah, so was going to be that player for them. So streaky, so streaky. Even and, and did come up with some has come up with some big shots lately, but um, you know it really is Drew Peterson's their maybe not their second best player, but certainly their best scorer. I think at this point. Um, the so uh, Avery, you said USC. Greg, you said UCLA. A bit about UCLA. We can shift over to them and talking about them. Uh, concerning for their positioning and their seating. I think um, to lose to Oregon. I also think it's a bit of a concern for their confidence to get swept by Oregon three years in a row to not be able to beat Oregon. uh, I'm sure is eating at people like Mick Cronin and other players on the team who have been here since year one of the Mick Cronin era. I I'm not entirely concerned with what UCLA has been this past weekend, but I am, um, I'm not concerned in the, the this is there's two ways I think you could be concerned. One, uh they're falling apart and the wheels are, wheels are falling off. And two, ah, maybe the ceiling of this team isn't not as high as we thought. I'm kind of getting to the point that maybe the ceil- that I'm concerned more that maybe the ceiling of UCLA is not as high as we had once thought. Just because they don't they struggle a lot when they have to play long and athletic teams. Um it does require them to be locked in. Um, and it requires coaches to be locked in. I, I think you've probably all have seen my tweets about Miles um, Johnson's usage uh, against Oregon and a little bit against Oregon State. He's, I'm, I'm just gonna say Jalen Clark has been awesome for UCLA, but I'm just gonna say Miles Johnson is UCLA's most important player. Um, if he's playing, if he's on the floor, he's making a massive difference offensively and defensively. Defensively, he's getting boards. He's affecting shots in ways that I think are very subtle that don't show up in the box score, not just on the inside, but on the outside also when he kind of gets switched on. Um, and instead, uh, Mick Cronin played Cody Riley something ridiculous like 28 minutes to Miles Johnson's 12 or something against Oregon. If Miles Johnson is in there for 10 extra possessions, that might be that was a five point game. It might be a very different game. Now, UCLA had a lot lot of other things going on that game uh, against Oregon, but that was the most egregious one, I think, um, was just sort of like the reliance on Cody Riley and and really what feels like loyalty to what Cody Riley did Mm -hmm. in March. This this feels like the uh, Miles Johnson we thought we were going to get at the beginning of the season. And I feel like if we had gotten that. Like, if Miles Johnson had played like this earlier in the year, I don't think I don't think Mick Cronin would be making these mistakes. Like, Oh, interesting. The problem is Miles Johnson was just so bad for long enough that, like, yeah. he's just got more ground to make up. Although I totally agree with you. He's got to be UCLA's main guy. They look so much better when he's out there. Uh, for me, I'm not super worried about their ceiling because we saw what their ceiling was last year. And I think this team's better than last year's was. Uh, I am worried about their floor more than I was. Like, I'm concerned at how many games they've lost, basically. I don't think a team as good as I think UCLA is should lose as many games as they have. And so now I'm maybe a little bit more concerned that they are prone, like, 
I'm more worried about a potential first-round upset, you know what I mean? I think they'll give the best teams a game, although I also totally understand what you said about uh, what happens when they play length and athleticism, and that definitely does give them problems. I also think they can cope with it against most teams. I'm more worried about their propensity to sleepwalk or just just let teams hang around because in March, you know, when that happens, you lose. Yeah, that's right. Um, so now UCLA is ranked 17th in the latest AP poll, uh, and are kind of at risk of maybe falling to a fifth seed there right now. Joe Joe Lenardi has them pretty solidly as a four seed, even if they lose to Washington tonight, we're recording this tonight. So when you listen to this, you, you will know the results of that Washington game. But as we sit right now and as we're recording this, it won't matter what they do against Washington. They will probably be a fourth seed. Um, but, you know, there's other games. They still got to play USC to close out the season like they do every year. There's still the conference tournament. They could fall to a fifth seed. And, and there are some dangerous teams on those 12 seeds. Like, we already know about the history of the 5-12 matchup and all of the voodoo that surrounds that. And UCLA is not prone to voodoo as we have seen this season. So, um, you know, going to be interesting. Let's let's shift. No one said Arizona. And I think I have a reason why. So let's talk about Arizona really quickly. They got blown out, blown out pretty comfortably by Colorado. Colorado kept them at bay most of that game, and Colorado was in control. Um, I think the reason that we're all saying we're all not saying Arizona is because I think we all agree this is like fluky voodoo on the part of Arizona. That it was Colorado, it was in Boulder. Whatever it is about Boulder is what got to Arizona. Um, I, are are any of was that concerning because Arizona has not had a game like this this is their first game where you're like why the fuck did they lose that game well it, leading up to it I'm sure the players and the coaching staff heard a million times that they haven't won at Boulder since 2015 and I definitely think that gets in the heads of college kids like I genuinely think they got in their heads and that's what led to that game happening like I don't think it's gonna happen again. Like I could be wrong. We'll see. But they've just been so consistent this entire season. I think they've only had a couple games that were fairly close, and then obviously they had that loss to UCLA, which I don't think is the end of the world with their injuries going on. So I really doubt that Arizona is going to drop any more like stupid games like this against Colorado, unless there's another weird Pac-12 voodoo thing that we don't know about. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Arizona's they've like they've built up a trust that no other team in the Pac-12 has because they beat the shit out of everyone until this game you know the only teams they'd lost to before were like legitimately good teams and you know I think everybody gets at least one pass whereas with UCLA they've lost like more than one game that they shouldn't and so it's a little bit more worrying for me with Arizona they've lost exactly one game that is like a bad loss you know and so I I still feel confident in them getting at least Sweet 16 just with the way they are locked in in most games. Like, I don't see them... I don't think they'll give up... uh, What's the word? Uh, Upset. Because they're just too good too often. Yeah. I will say... I'm a little... I'm I'm not, like, uh, capital C concerned about Arizona... What I am a little concerned about, uh, if you're an Arizona fan, is like how they look against teams that are very physical and mm-hmm. want to play big. Colorado has three big guys that I think can body up with a lot of... They have Evan Batty, 
who's a big guy. Um, they're all short. They're all six eight, but they're like but big they're, beefy guys. Strong, they've got yeah. they've got mass and they've got size. Uh, Evan Batty, Jabari Walker, Tristan De Silva got almost whatever they wanted against Arizona. Um, they combined for I have to do the math here. 30, 45 of is that right? That doesn't seem right. Uh, 30, 45, 45 of Colorado, 79 points. Um, those guys are all six, eight and big and can body up uh, and play big. And they did a pretty good job of getting guys out of position, um, and bumping them out of position. Like that was genuinely impressive from them. Um, KJ Simpson and Keyshawn Bartholomew off the bench also contributed 28 points off of, um, uh, off of 25 shots. So like, that's really nice from what you get from your bench. And we've talked about Arizona's depth and what that looks like. Uh, they only got nine points from Pella Larson, nine points from Justin Keir and six points from Omar Ballo, um, in their, you know, 17 plus minutes each that they were playing. Uh, they got, they got outclassed by Colorado reserve. So I think those two things kind of came to a head here. I don't think this is a lucky Colorado shooting knot. They only shot 20 Colorado only shot 27% from three, which is not typically and 48% from the field, not typically like the makeup of a major upset that just required a lot of variance. It just really did feel like Arizona was getting bodied um, and they were getting outworked and they kind of got gassed at the end of it. Um, you know, so it's, going to be interesting those two things are not things that i would say uh are like defcon 5 level sort of threats but i do think there are things to keep an eye on uh i don't think that colorado just had a great night um i think they very clearly were going to body up arizona pound them inside and then wear them out um anyway any uh anything else about arizona uh just a bunch of bad games from everyone. Uh, ben Matherin, 12 points off of three for 11 shooting. Azulis Tubelas, 13 points off of three for nine shooting. Christian Coloco, four points off of one for five shooting. Kirk Risa, five points off of one for six shooting. Just like on and on down the line. Really, Pella Larson is the only one who shot with any sort of efficiency, and he just wasn't shooting a hell of a lot at all. Um, so crazy stuff to see Arizona this is the worst maybe Arizona's looked relative to their competition. Like, obviously, they looked mm-hmm. a little bit worse against UCLA. But, you know, UCLA was a good team that was at home. This game, it was it was bad. Yeah, the, the physicality is a good point. And uh, the other time where they got... Well, I guess the two other times where they've been faced with real, like, physicality that I think bothered them were uh, UCLA and... Uh, who's the team that... Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Illinois, too. So I guess they won against Illinois. Close one, though. It was Bare- a close barely. one. Barely. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee, they did not win. And UCLA, they fixed it the second time around. They have the bit, like, they have the personnel that, the personnel that they should be able to beat physicality. I think it just takes them, like, a little bit too long to adjust to getting punched in the mouth. Like, against UCLA. By the time they sort of adjusted, it was too late. UCLA had won the game, but the next time they played, Arizona was ready for it, and they won. Against Tennessee, they just never really adjusted to it. Like, Tennessee, I can't remember the name of their big, but he got whatever he wanted. And uh, that is definitely something to be concerned about because it doesn't matter if you've got bigs that theoretically should be able to beat physical teams if it takes them three and a half quarters to figure out how to beat physical teams. If they're not going into games prepared, they could absolutely 
I don't know, loot, lose, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't think any, uh, any first or second round teams are going to get them, but they could absolutely lose to like a top, tw- not even top, a top 40 caliber team if that team is physical because they're not prepared enough when they see it. Early time, to- look, Tom- I like Tommy Lloyd as a coach um, and, and think that uh, uh, of the p- past Arizona teams that have been very good and gaudy, this is the one that I think will, like, I think Tommy Lloyd is very capable and willing to make adjustments that depart from Arizona's ideology and what they want to do. I do wonder, though, when you got a team that, like, likes to run and get the possessions up, they they might get a scrappy tournament team, you know, like, I, maybe not a 16 seed, maybe not a 15 seed, but, you know, that 8 seed, that 9 seed, that has played really well in their mid-major, in their mid-major conference and has done a really good job of slowing things down. You know, they could get got that way. Um, but we'll see. Arizona gets to play. We get to watch Arizona at USC on Tuesday. So that'll be mm-hmm. another really fun Let's see if Arizona test. gets caught yeah. in another dogfight. Yeah. Uh, I mean, USC gets in dogfights with everyone, right? So mm-hmm. they certainly it will be a dogfight. And the last game of, was really good. It was a great game. Yeah. USC played out of their minds that game. That was fantastic. So I think that'll be a fun game. Um, I feel confident, you know, the UCLA games, I'm like, the Arizona-UCLA games, I'm like, oh, those are going to be fun. Well, you know, UCLA and Arizona uh, are capable of blowing out teams. USC isn't, and and because (laughs) of that, they're going to make this a good game. Um, So that'll be fun. Anything else about Arizona, UCLA, or USC, these top three teams? I hope they all lose in the conference tournament. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Why? Because I want a fourth bid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, the best of the rest here. And let's specifically talk about Oregon. Uh, Oregon had a blow to their tournament chances. They really needed to sweep. It was going to be a tall ask. And they put themselves in this position. They really did need a sweep against the LA schools, uh, hosting those two. They beat uh, UCLA, like we had talked about. And then they lost to USC in that game. We talked a lot about that game. But in particular, one thing I wanted to highlight was um, Oregon had many, many chances to win this um, and fell short. But the person that I think is – look, I don't love uh, dogging on college players. They're unpaid kids. Like, I hope I hope they figure it out. But I think we expect a little bit more from Will Richardson. Mm-hmm. Um, he had, in a game at home with Oregon's tournament hopes on the line against USC – he had two points, 0 for 8 shooting, 0 for 4 from 3. Um, like, his two points came off of a free throw. Um, did set up other players and had 8 assists, but, like, largely was, like, absent. Um, and they really needed him uh, in this game because we're at the point with Oregon where it's, like, they had some dumb losses at home in conference play, right? Not their typical dumb losses that they may have in, like, November, December. In conference play, um, just a couple of weeks ago had some – very dumb losses between Arizona State and then Cal the week prior. They needed this mm-hmm. um, and didn't get it. So uh, Joe Lenardi currently has them as one of the next four out. I think they might be third on that list of the next four out. Uh, or is it the, the last four out or the first four out? I think it no, is. I think it's first four out, then next four out. Yeah, but they're first four out, I'm okay. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they're first four out. I should go look it up while we talk. But um, I don't know. Do you think – do either of you think – Oregon's going to be able to get a fourth bid. Well, before we do that, I just want to say about Will Richardson, despite the terrible game, he had the opportunity to win it for Oregon at the end. 
like on that last possession, I really thought he could have done it, but he got past the ball. He had space, and weirdly, he drove towards the defender. Oh, and I, God. Like, I get maybe a layup is better than uh, than a mid-range shot, but I would absolutely rather have an open, an open mid-range shot from Will Richardson than I would a contested, like very contested, I don't even know what the fuck to call that shot, at the end where he like jumps towards the defender, makes it contested when he could have just fired when he caught it, and they probably was that would that have been a game winner or would that have just tied? It would have tied it. Well, they, that's that's the that was the boneheaded part of it, right? Is it it would they were down three and Will Richardson, I mean to his credit for a second or two was trying to get a good look from three and then decided to drive it and I think get an and one, but that's a that's a worse gamble than. Getting a guy up in the air, jacking it up, and maybe you get the big. Uh, mm-hmm. Who was it that was on you? Was it Isaiah Mobley or was it Shavette Goodwin? Sure. One of their bigs was out there, um, and like Will Richardson could have just jacked it up and gotten one of the bigs in the air and drew a foul and gotten three free throws. Like he could have done that. Um, and so to drive in in that scenario was bizarre to me. It was a weird decision. I like I don't know what was going on with him there. Um, it was just not a. It was a bad game from him all around. Yeah, yeah. He he really wishes he could shove like just flush that one down. The Especially floor. with how good he'd been recently. Like, I guess yeah, he'd had some bad games, but overall, like he turned the season around. And he you really expect, did. like, he was back to being what we expected before the season, and then this, which was brutal. Yeah. So I just went to uh, Lenardi's like latest bracket projection. He has Oregon as the first of the next four out. So if you're a little confused here, um, they're basically fifth in the pecking order. They're fifth outside. They're the fifth team outside of the NCAA tournament um, bracket at this point per Joe Lenardi. Who are the teams uh, ahead of him? So the la- I'll read the last four in. Um, the last four in who are going to get tournament bids per Joe Lenardi. Uh, Loyola, Chicago. Uh, San Francisco, Indiana, Memphis. First four out. These are the teams that are the next four that would be in consideration if maybe some of the other teams fell off. Uh, SMU, San Diego State, BYU, and Dayton. And then the next four out, the first one there is Oregon, um, followed by uh, St. Bonaventure, Virginia, and Florida. So Oregon needs to win, um, and they probably need one of Dayton. They need many of Dayton, San Diego State, SMU, um, and BYU, Memphis, Indiana, San Francisco, Loyola. I don't think they need all four of them to get in, to lose to get in, but they certainly need some help. Um, I, I think it's not totally in their control if they won out, unless they won the conference tournament is or even just had a deep Wazoo run. Is at Wazoo a quad one win still? It is, yes. Okay, so they're at Wazoo in Washington. So if they swept the Washington schools, then they're in a much better position. But I don't think they will. Yeah, it's yeah. It doesn't if, look good. If they win those two games, I think they might be able to make the the tournament if they make just the final of the conference tournament. Like, uh, if they play two of the top three teams and beat them on the way to the championship and lose to the cha- lose the conference championship. I could see them getting in just because that's two really good wins. And maybe if the teams ahead of them, like just have average times, like maybe they jump enough of them, but it'd still be really close. I like, I think they could beat USC in the conference tournament if they played. Cause it just, 
I just don't think USC is going to give a shit like the way they've been playing. I think they'll be sleepwalking through the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. So say hypothetically they went out, beat both the Washington schools, and then man end up playing USC in the conference tournament and win. I mean, so I mean, Washington would be a quad capable, two. But... Washington would be a quad two and Washington State a quad one win. Um, the way that the Pac-12, I'm going to pull up the Pac-12 standings, the way that the Pac-12 standings shake out right now, first of all, would be very helpful if they went and got the fourth spot. I think they're in position to do that. It's not Who's guaranteed. Who's in the fourth spot right now? Uh, they are. Oh, okay. yeah. Oregon, Oregon is in the fourth spot. So they are in the driver's seat technically. Um, they, that, they would be very helpful if they didn't have to play on a Wednesday and play, what, four games and four nights or whatever it is. Um, so that mission number one, they really do have to sweep the Washington schools aside, not just for their tournament NCAA tournament hopes, but to give themselves an easier path in the conference tournament. Um, so they would get a first round by, if I'm reading this correctly, they would get, I don't know, Stanford, Arizona state, maybe in the second round or Ooh. something like that. Um, I wouldn't a- want to play Arizona state. Arizona yeah, state weirdly good recently. Arizona state is a little scary right now. Um, they have they're five and one over the past six games, and their loss to is to UCLA. Yeah, uh, at, at in LA, so mm-hmm. that would be tough for them. They need, I think, uh, they either need to beat both of the LA schools, or I think they need to beat Arizona. Like one of those has to happen. I think. I don't know. A lot of this is going to be qualitative, and, and the and the selection committee certainly relies heavily on the analytics and the net rankings and things like that. But I think there's going to be some qualitative discussions happening around Oregon. And if Oregon, all they have to their name is owning UCLA three times in a season, um, and that's it, I'm not sure how helpful that'll be. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at right now. So they have another shot. Colorado has a much, much more difficult path. I don't think they're on anyone's radar, but they are 77th in the net now. Um, they were like 89th or 90th or something ridiculous like I that they were before. Nine, I thought they were like 78, weren't they? They were 78, I think, like before, like uh, the net rankings say they're, they were the last time they were ranked, which is like yesterday with 78. But I think entering the weekend, they were like 90s, somewhere in the 90s. So um, they're... <laughs> Their uh, tournament bid um, is is a lot more complicated. They got to finish out the season just one more game at Utah, so not many more opportunities to try to make something happen in terms of the tournament. They ha- really do have to go very deep into the Pac-12 tournament, I think, to have a, a good and shot. I don't think they will because their win against Arizona is the first time they've had yeah. a win against a team they shouldn't have beat. Right. Like the I, they beat Oregon, but I would say Oregon's kind of teetering on that line. They've been fairly predictable with who they're going to beat this season. They've had some stupid losses, but they haven't beat anyone crazy besides Arizona. So yeah. I highly doubt that they'd make it deep in the conference tournament. Yeah. They only have two quad one wins. Um, that would be Arizona. And the other one is, oh, who's their other quad? I think it's at, oh, it's at Oregon is their yeah. other quad one win. Um, so they're two and six in their quad one games. Four and two, quad two, um, four and two against quad three, and then nine and zero oh, um, against quad four. Yeah, they're they're a fairly predictable team. Yeah, um, the the Arizona game was by far the least predictable thing they've done. I think, Honestly, is it better for Oregon to get 
not get a bye in the conference tournament. So then they're set up to play against the better teams in the conference early on. <laughs> That's insane. That's funny. I, may, I don't know. So say they're the fifth seed. Who will they play? They'll play Oregon State. I'm going to look this up. Um, I'll get back to you. Because if, they, if they're the fifth seed and they play Oregon State. That's a bye. That's a bye. It's a and bye then where they'll you don't play one of the best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. You have to play four games in four nights, and I feel like that's just. Going but they to be don't very... necessarily need to win the conference tournament to get in. No, if they don't. You're I right. if they went out against the Washington schools, and I don't have the tournament format in front of me, but they went out against the conference schools, win their first game as the fifth seed. They, I assume, they play one of the top three, right? So, yeah, all right. To. So here's I I've, I've looked this up just doing some quick math here. They if if Oregon decided we're gonna drop one of these games, get into the fifth, get into oh shit, they would have to drop one against the Washington they, they, schools. They might, yeah. Um, so let's just say they do that. Um, I I don't know. I feel like that might kill their tournament hopes, but who knows? Uh, they would go to the fifth seed. Um, in the they would be placed fifth in the Pac-12. They would have to play Oregon State, which. That's a buy. You're right. That like they should be able to be Oregon State. Maybe there's some weird rivalry stuff. Maybe Oregon State does some weird stuff. But that's who they'd have to play. And then they would have to play the number four team in the oh. Pac-12. So that would, Which be, would be Colorado. Colorado. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't really get a chance. Now that might help them and and get them a chance at. Um, then they would have to go and play the number one team. That'd be Arizona. But at at immediately right off the bat, you got to beat Arizona on your third game in three nights. So I just yeah, you're not yeah. That's that was dumb. That's not going to work. <laughs> what they want is to be the sixth seed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's too late for that. Yeah, they're the sixth seed. They've got to win the conference tournament. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, so uh, right now, as it stands, Oregon would be in the fourth seed. They would play the winner of Colorado-Oregon State. I assume that's going to be Colorado. They would play Colorado in that first uh, that first game for them. Um, and you know, if they do and that, then they, then they get Arizona. Arizona. Uh, that's yeah. Just, it, so yeah, they're not fucked. looking good. For them. <laughs> yeah. I feel pretty good Colorado about them not making year. the tournament. <laughs> if they beat Colorado and then they beat Arizona, they're not going to beat Arizona. Yeah, if they beat Arizona, they have a good shot. But they almost beat Arizona a couple weeks ago. They had a good. Sh- they were they were close. Arizona. Yeah, I I have very little respect and, for and this I'm Oregon sure. team. Uh, yeah, Arizona I mean, I, blows out everyone eventually. Uh, that was at Arizona, and this is going to be a neutral site game. Greg made an incredible point earlier about how the first time they played UCLA, they came back to the drawing board, figured it out, and then it's true. There you go. That's true. So I mean, let's see it. Let's see it because they did. They did play Arizona very tight at Arizona in Tucson. Teresa made an important three. That was what a time. <laughs> I do want to see that. I would love to see Oregon get the fourth seed beat Colorado, and then play Arizona. But part of me really does think that they'd lose to Colorado. Oh, I could totally see it happening because, like, they've already they lost already to them once. <laughs> they lost to them at home. If, and uh, if Oregon – look, if but if Oregon sweeps the Washington schools, let's say they – if they absolutely beat the piss out of Washington and Washington State in uh, Washington – and then they go on, and Colorado beats them. I don't know. Maybe that is our five. That's our best. Is that our best path to a five bid league? Colorado uh, no, gets I, another quad win. Win. <laughs> I don't think. I, I think Oregon does. No, that. I don't They're think Oregon. Yeah, I don't think Oregon. Oregon okay. has a strong enough argument if they lose to Colorado. Colorado would then have to uh, 
beat Arizona and then yeah, they're beating themselves. Yeah, yeah, crazy it's, shit. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, they did beat Arizona though. Unless yeah. Oregon has like a really nice run uh, on the way to losing in the conference championship game, I think the only way we're getting an extra bid is if uh, Arizona State wins out. Yes, that's right. Arizona State, the new Oregon <laughs> we talk about State. Arizona State. I don't want to let's think about talk that. about. Let's talk about. Let's talk about. People don't like it when we talk about Arizona State, but we kind of have to. They forced our hand. I... They're five and one um, since February twelfth. They've beaten at Washington State. They beat Oregon. They beat the shit out of Oregon State. Did lose to UCLA in LA, but then went to Colorado and to Utah and swept them. Um, so, and actually, Utah is the team that gave them the biggest fight during that stretch, mm-hmm. that was which is kind of crazy to say. Like, Utah was getting beat pretty soundly during that game. And then like, it was the same comeback they had against Oregon. Like with two minutes left, they're down by 11 and somehow they're suddenly down by two. It was, it was wild. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Arizona state, obviously not in contention for anything postseason wise. What they are in contention for is being Oregon State again. They're really having the similar trajectory at this they, point. They it it looks so similar to what Oregon State did last year, and mm. it's freaking oh, me out. Oh man! A imagine bit. if it happens again, but it's Bobby. I don't Hurley want it that to happen. The seven year extension. <laughs> <laughs> I do not think Bobby Hurley is a good coach. No, he's but not. <laughs> what they've been doing is eerily similar to what happened with Oregon State last year, where the last month and a half of the season they started winning games and looking like a complete team it's not hot shooting it's like this is a complete team there's several guys that are contributing at a high enough level that they're getting these good wins so i i don't think i don't think a team outside of arizona ucla and usc is going to win the conference tournament but i do think the arizona state is the most likely like upset mm-hmm. just yeah, because how I they've totally been playing agree. right now they are the ninth team in the pac 12 that would that put them, them against that would put them in the first round that would put them against stanford okay that, so they can win they that. could do that they could do that they could absolutely what win stanford what was the seed do we know oregon state's seed in the conference tournament last year let me look it up i thought there were eight but i don't know um and then the winner of that game unfortunately would have to play arizona so that might, you oh, know. But the seeds last year were screwed up because Arizona didn't play. Yeah, yeah. there is. Yeah, you have to look at the 2020 bracket. Um, but here's, okay, just so people know, basically the first four seeds, they get a bye, right? So, and then the first round is basically five versus 12, the best team versus the worst team that's of that field from five to 12. So five versus 12, which would play number four. Uh, six number eleven, six versus 11, which would play number three. Seven versus ten, which would play number two, and then eight versus nine, which would play number one. So the winner of if the season ended today, Arizona State and Stanford would be eight nine. Uh, they're tied right now; it doesn't matter. They'd play each other, and then they would go on to play Arizona. Now, Arizona State has a chance to move up here kind of considerably if they go on and finish against Cal and Stanford. That might catapult them to the sixth seed, and it's a much more manageable situation for them there if they get the sixth seed uh they'll get to play either ucla or usc it looks like usc both both of those teams are in contention but they will play one of those two either ucla or usc if they finish as high as six they can't they can't finish fifth uh can they finish fifth let's see colorado i i don't think they can they're two and a half games back and they only have two games left 
Oregon State was a fifth seed. Last okay. That's good to know. Mm. That's good to know. They were higher than I mean, I Arizona State is more talented than Oregon State was last year. Like, this year, I think they have more length. Do they have anyone as good as Ethan Thompson, though? Yeah. I mean, I don't think they have. No, I don't think they do. I don't think they have that point. They have guys that can, like, Because Ethan off. Thompson, just at the end of games, like, when Oregon State was in dogfights, being able to just, like, get shots. The difference is that there's more contributors. That's true. On Arizona. There's more guys that I think are capable of going off. I feel like there were three, or I guess four, good players on Oregon State's team last year that helped them, whereas Arizona State, you, you don't, like, I don't know. Yeah. They're better. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. We'll see how they do. All right, let's move on. We talked so much about Arizona State. People are going to yell at us. Uh, the Arizona fans are going to be pissed off, but it's fine because they've been doing well. But uh, let's uh, let's talk about – let's. Okay, actually, before we stop talking about what happened, we have to talk very, very, very briefly about Stanford being absolutely fucking horrible. Uh, They finished at 39 points against their rival Cal, only scored 12 points in the first half. Insane stuff. I'm not sure how much of this. I did not watch any of it. Honestly, Stanford's fallen off my mind. Cal's best player is out for the season. Yeah. I mean, they've been surprisingly competitive without Andre Kelly in there. Um, It's been... They beat the shit out of Stanford, only lost by two to Cal, only lost by eight to Colorado, beat Oregon, beat Oregon State, um, lost by four to Washington State, did get beat the hell out of uh, Terrell Brown Jr. in Washington, but lost by seven to Stanford, lost by seven to USC. So, I like, they're competitive, but uh, Stanford is just hot dog shit at this point. Um, their season has fallen mm-hmm. off after what looked like, hey, maybe they might get a little tournament run here. Um, that was no, a fun they're, time. Yeah, they're horrible. They've lost three in a row. They've lost five of their last six. No, very similar six to the their uh, last eight. Stanford football team. Beat yeah. USC. Similar. Things were looking up. And then just unimaginable levels of bad. Yeah, crazy stuff. Anyway, just had to point that out because that was a, an absolutely insane, <laughs> an insane line. Um, okay, anything else about... Uh, about any of this all right let's do our dad discourse daddy no daddy yes okay no matthew Bertson, no matthew Bertson today but i did have one because i saw it in the i saw it in the group chat uh, our little pac 12 group chat that we have on twitter and i did not respond to it and i feel like i feel like i need to um so my this my could go so many different yeah, ways no idea what he's talking about <laughs> my dad's discourse is uh i think Anyone who puts ketchup on frozen burritos ought to be slaughtered. Okay. Oh. It's okay, fucking okay. disgusting. I'm I'm fucking pissed this was brought up. This is like one of my deepest, darkest secrets. Like oh. I'm ashamed Not of myself. Not you too. I'm fucking ashamed of myself. <laughs> and of course, of course, the boyfriend. I got in an argument with him because he was eating. We made like fried teriyaki uh-huh. chicken. I made bao buns. It was really good. Anyways. I see him, he's like, I'm going to go get dinner, and then walks over with a bowl of the chicken that, like, we had saved as leftovers in the fridge. And I was like, did you heat that up? And he said, no, I like to eat my chicken cold. What? And I was like, that? What? I was okay. like, that is, I would barf. You know how That's when you eat chicken and it gets, no, I, you eat chicken close. and you can, like, taste, like, the chicken? Like, you, you're, you like, all of a sudden become aware that you're eating, like, a bird, yeah. chicken? <laughs> That's what cold chicken is like. So I was just 
he prefers it that way when it's that, leftovers. Oh, oh I, I sort of understand that because when you microwave no, something, it changes. No, it, no but we know? have an air fryer. We oh, have an oven. Okay, like, well, there's that options. Point, at that point, uh, it's, it's freak behavior. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you two are sick. So you two I was like, each other. I was like, are you... Are you eating that cold? Like, stick it in the air fryer for, I don't even know, five minutes? Like, Anything. at least get it crunchy again. Lukewarm. Lukewarm. Something. Like, I agree you should never put, like, fried chicken in the microwave. It, it makes uh, it gross yeah. and soft. But, like, we have, an, we have two air fryers. And so I said <laughs> shit about that to him. I was like, you are disgusting. And then he brought up the frozen burrito thing in the group chat. I don't know why I do this. I think it's because... I, my mom just would have us eat ketchup a lot with stuff when I was a kid. Remember, I'm a white Utah. Mm-hmm. I try to be better about the things I eat now. But I I used to do this, and now it's like become this stupid comfort thing where with frozen burritos, I will eat them with a side of ketchup. I'm, I'm glad you're self-aware about this. and um, I, I would hope- never do this with authentic burritos. That is my thing. <laughs> Microwave burritos are the f- are very far from authentic. So I categorize them in a different category. Yeah, they're food. in a different category. Yeah. I don't My know father is a uh, ketchup degenerate, and he will put ketchup <laughs> on, like, much like you, Avery. Uh, he'll put ketchup on many things that I think. I don't put ketchup on everything. I have my things. He has Most his things, things too, and I think they're disgusting. <laughs> like frozen a frozen burritos burrito, he would absolutely do thing, that. Frozen burritos is probably the only thing I put on ketchup on that, like, is wrong. I, I'm just saying I was able to escape without. Uh, <laughs> Without putting uh, ketchup on frozen burritos, so I feel like it's possible for you to do the same. And no knock on frozen burritos, by the way. I think they're delicious. I frozen am not a burritos, fan. Put them in the air fryer, okay? Game, I thought when you said changer. that. When you said that, I that's literally what I thought about. My mo- microwave broke the other day, so I didn't have a microwave, and I was like distraught because I was like, "Fuck, I can't. What do I do with my microwave burritos?" And then I realized that I have an oven and two air fryers. But, like, you get those things crispy, holy shit, those mm-hmm. are good. Yeah, I'm but not I, anti-frozen burritos. I just don't partake myself. However, I will not apologize for thinking you're disgusting for eating them with ketchup. You know what? I think I'm disgusting. Okay, too. that's good. <laughs> that's as long as there's <laughs> That's why I didn't want anyone to know. I was like, please keep this a secret. And Dewey I'm just, super ashamed. Dewey I'm just not told on you. Myself. I will blame my mother. <laughs> my mom's name is Karen. If that, like, gives any explanation, like, I feel like it makes sense. I promise I don't go putting ketchup on, like, fucking everything. Like, my sisters dip carrots in ketchup. Oh, my like, God. I could wow. be worse. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, I totally understand why you'd be appalled, but I will not let this cover up the fact that some people eat cold chicken. No, that, no. no by preference. Good. Sorry, that's worse. Uh, Thank you. That's worse. I don't think because it's worse. Ta- taco sauce at, like, Taco Bell is very close to ketchup. It's basically like, ketchup. It's not. It's spicy ketchup. It's not the worst, like, it's not, it's bad, and it's disgusting, um, but, like, it's not, I prefer eating At least it's still bad. tomatoes. No, look, and here's the thing, uh, cold chicken can be fine, like, it has its place. We, salads. We salads. Um, but just, like, teriyaki fried chicken cold? Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. The, I, it's the prefer thing that's getting to me, because, like, I don't think that in <laughs> itself is disgusting behavior. I totally understand not wanting to use the microwave. Not wanting to use the microwave because microwave you have the options like there. That. But you have the air fryer. Yeah, you're not in a rush. So Even weird. if I was in a rush, I would like just not eat. I think. I, I understand <laughs> that. I would do the this same. This isn't. This isn't cold pizza. Th- this is. 
This is chicken. Oh, yeah. Cold I, pizza's good. Yeah. yeah. Cold pizza fucking yeah. slaps. Yeah. It's great. So I apologize. I will, I will like sincerely apologize for the ketchup on frozen burritos thing. Carlos, I, do you have any uh, disgusting food habits? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I'm just judging by reactions to other people. The one thing I will say is that I am a, I am like a big, I'm like a big ranch yeah, snob. I'm the same. That's what I was going to say. I fucking love, I fucking love ranch. And uh-huh. I will be mad if anyone serves me that shit out of the bottle. I'm oh. not eating it. Really? I'm ranch I'd rather so make my own. Um, I will yeah. say there is the one brand of ranch that I buy from the store is the, I believe the brand is Boathouse Farms. It's like their Greek yogurt ranch. It's well, like way still healthier. Still not that great. Still not that great. I know, I'm... but it's way healthier. So if okay. you're looking for a healthier option of ranch, oh. get that. That shit's, that <laughs> I shit's use good. too much ranch on too many things to be yeah. uh, concerned about the health ramifications okay you can't you can't be a huge ranch person and then criticize me for the ketchup on frozen burritos the way that no yes i can because i don't put ketchup on frozen i don't put what do you put ranch ranch on on? frozen burritos i don't know i don't put ranch on i don't put ranch on i I don't dip dip, pizza i don't dip frozen Uh, yeah i will okay pizza and ranch is good yeah i don't dip frozen burritos in ranch yeah Yeah. that'd be weird exactly I I'm like I'm just a sauce person. Uh-huh. Sauce, sauce I, I need always sauce on better. shit. Mm-hmm. Always. So I think that's where the ketchup comes from. Is growing up, I just didn't have salsa in my house because again, white person from Utah, mm-hmm. and so it just yeah. became a habit. But I need sauce. I can't I can't eat stuff dry. Like the boyfriend, if he doesn't have sauce for his chicken nuggets, he'll just eat them. That's no, I won't do that. Or he'll dip them in ketchup. I will dip them in I ranch. Think, I think dipping. Like McDonald's chicken nuggets and ketchup is wrong, in my opinion. It's borderline. I, I understand it. I wouldn't I do it. I don't like it. Sauces. But it doesn't feel like, I guess, ketchup a is a dipping sauce. That's fair. You know? Yeah. All right. We got to get out of here. Now I'm, now I'm hungry and I got to I feel food. so attacked. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. As I you should. It. As you should. I should. I should. Um, all right. Let's get out of here. That's it. That'll do it for us. For Avery at Brave underscore Grapes and Greg at Banana Morris, I am Carlos at Equity Bruin. Uh, we've got a UCLA-focused episode coming up, I think, the next day after we post this. Uh, I think on Wednesday we'll get that up, uh, where Greg and I are going to talk with Michael Hanna of the UCLA B team. I'm going to talk some UCLA basketball and football. I've got many, many, many fights to have with Michael Hanna. Uh, we are in a UCLA group chat, and we're always, uh, I'm always... I'm always disagreeing with him, so I'm happy to get some fights, and we'll get Greg as our moderator and to decide who wins those arguments. So, um, all right, that's it. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even one. Wine. I'm about to name, I think I'll be a superstar